As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And that green jacket might have to come off your shoulders and might have to go to Scotty Sheffer. I think mm-hmm. he's a 42 long. What, what do you got over there? Uh, I am not a 42 lawn. I was a 42 lawn maybe uh, in my late teens, Dave. Uh, we, we might be I haven't seen 42 in a long time. <laughs> uh, but we have to change that leaderboard a little bit here. Still has a four-shot lead over Cameron Smith. They both made pars. Sheffler had a really good birdie attempt, kind of skated on by. Cameron Smith actually with a pretty good two-putt to escape par there in the fourth. But Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Every time you're out on this guy, he sucks you back in. Here By the comes. way, uh, put off the green for birdie. Beautiful drive. A poor second shot, though. And there's always, like, something we were talking about. That was Stephen Hennessy mm-hmm. last segment. There's always something missing there. Can't put all the puzzle pieces together. And then he makes that birdie. Rory McIlroy, by the way, he is six shots off the lead. But only 20 to 1 now at BetMGM. Scotty Scheffler minus 350 at 10 under par. Cameron Smith plus 350. Rory 20 to 1. And now Rory in the market without Scheffler only 4 to 1. So every time you think you're out on Rory McElroy, he reminds you of the brilliance. And then you're like, why isn't this guy one of the all time greats already, That's even right. though he's only 32 and about to turn 33 years old? So, uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, absolutely brilliant. 500 through 10 holes. Uh, we'll see if he can keep it going if he's coming and, you know, maybe can post a number well, as these guys get a little shaky down the stretch. That's my question to you because Rory's thinking the same thing we are right now. I got to post a number. He's just going low. He's not worried about, oh, I, I can get third if I really, you know, nah. do what. I mean, yeah, he's just going to, he's going to take chances. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's a, it seems like the driver is really working today, but maybe the approach is uh, not quite looking good. I'm trying to look at the uh, stats as I see. And yeah, off the tee today, been absolutely brilliant. Now, keep in mind these stats because guys haven't completed as many holes. Rory McIlroy, your leader in terms of strokes gained off the tee today, in terms of strokes gained tee to green, in terms of driving distance, is measured driving distance, 334.5. And when we get Drew Stoltz on the show, mm-hmm. who, who, of course, you know, play, has played out there with these guys in amateur golf and in junior golf and whatnot, 
I want to ask him about Rory's kind of obsession with the driver. Mm. I think that has really held him back. Seeing what Bryson DeChambeau oh, was doing off the tee. Sure. Yeah, because Rory is always up there for off the tee. He is one of the great drivers of golf ball didn't in the world, maybe over more. the last 50 years. And he didn't need more length. But when you no. saw DeChambeau, people, yeah. got, people got really I think that got, with that. I think yeah. that got in his head. I'm going to ask Drew about that next segment to see if he kind of agrees with that assessment. Well, I'll tell you this. If I'm Cameron Smith right now, and if you're a Cameron Smith backer right now, what, about $4? Mm-hmm. Might even be getting a little bit steeper. Every time the door is open, he just slams it shut on himself. So Scotty Scheffler in this par 3 fifth had a pretty bad tee shot, if you will, missed the, the, the wrong side of the green, mm-hmm. and the ball just kind of trumbled on down. Right. Probably he's got about an 80-footer, right? Yeah. He's on the wrong side. So the green's wide open for Cameron Smith, hits the exact same shot that Scotty Scheffler hit to the wrong side of the green, and trumbled on. Like, there are openings. There have been openings, mm-hmm. and they're going to go back to that third hole when Scotty Scheffler chipped in, and it was a one-shot lead. And I think that might have spooked Cameron Smith because since then he right. made bogey and then another bogey, and now Scotty Scheffler is right of the ship, and all of a sudden a one-shot lead is a four-shot lead. It doesn't look like right now Cameron Smith has got it stuck in neutral. Yeah, Dave, we look at that top page or that first page of the leaderboard. Yeah, there's a couple surprises, but Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Smith, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Sunjay, I think, was in kind of the mid-50s, as was Corey Connors. But D. Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, all that leaderboard there on the graphic. A lot of those guys anywhere from like 14 to 20 to 1. So the cream rising to the top mm-hmm. here late. Justin Thomas, by the way, a nice start on his round two under through seven. So these were guys all in that range. And then you've got a couple surprises. Of course, Danny Willett, Charles Schwartzel, former Masters champion. Nobody really saw them coming on the basis of form, especially no. Charles Schwartzel, who was 0 of 6 on cuts. Uh, Shane Lowry did get one back. So now he is tied for seventh. And then uh, T12 as well as Alatoris and Cameron Champ, both at even pars. So, look, the class is rising here, and and that's what you see. Now, can Rory McIlroy, you know, kind of make this interesting? I mean, he's not going to obviously get to 10 under, but can he maybe go three or four under on this back nine and maybe post like seven where he that would be obviously a 64. That would be an eight under round. And I think maybe that's put some scares in these guys uh, down the stretch. Of course, Rory has never won the Masters. This is the one he needs to complete the career. He's been trying for this Grand Slam. I believe this is now his eighth time trying for the career Grand Slam. And one of the reasons I bet him, I know Stephen Hennessy said that he bet him. I had him on my card this week, too, because I thought, Maybe he's going to be a little bit ignored because when you've tried it for so many times, it's like, oh, he's going to let us down again, so we're not going to focus on him. And obviously, topic A, B, and C, at least going into the week, was one Tiger Woods and his return to competitive golf, and rightfully so. So maybe that gets Rory a little bit under the radar because he's really tried everything here. He really has. He's tried to, you know, play a lot. Coming early. Yeah, he's tried to play a lot or maybe be a little bit well-rested and – has just messed around, tried to convince himself, eh, you know, I'm secure in my life if I don't win the Masters. But you know that there's a competitive edge there where it's like, I can be just the sixth player in the history of the game of golf to win the career Grand Slam. Man. That puts me with Tiger. That puts me with Jack. That puts me with Gary Player. Different company. All these guys. That mean, that makes you a legend of the game. No doubt. And he's still, like we say, we call him like an old man, just about to turn 33 years old. He's got plenty of time left, but... When we see with Tiger, you never know in terms of the injuries. So we always say, oh, you've got a lot of time, but you got to stay injury-free. So I still think that there's the urgency there from McElroy. I know he kind of tries to poo-poo it a little bit, but I still think the sense of urgency is there. And uh, off to a good start here on the back nine with a birdie. Now just six back, four under par 
overall. Six of the last eight Masters appearances for Rory McIlroy, top tens. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't yeah. feel like it. I don't feel like we've ever been here on a Sunday going, boy, this is the day. Mm-hmm. Right? He's always kind of just been backdoor 10. It's like backdoor roar. Yeah. And he, he looks like he's, he's in prime. Look, barring a, a complete meltdown here, yeah. he might get you top five. So it's looking really good right now for a solid uh, T3, yeah. uh, possibly here in the top three. But it doesn't feel like he was ever part of this conversation yeah. for the last four And days. a lot of it, I think what has happened is he gets himself behind. It's really that round one. If you look at the numbers, yeah. when he, uh, since he's been a pro, obviously, on the world tour, when he's top five after round one of a major, third, first, first, eighth, first, first, 15th, wow. fifth. That's a 50% win rate in the top five after round one of a major. And obviously, he did not get off to a good start this week. So... It's really, you know, just avoiding that first round because we've seen him have some balloons. We've seen him shoot like almost 80 in the first round and then all of a sudden shoot 65 in the second to like make the cut on the number. I I remember at the uh, British Open over there in his homeland, I believe in in Northern Ireland, I think he shot an 80 Mm -hmm. uh, or north of that on the Mm -hmm. first round and played. Yeah, we remember Royal Port Rush where this was like his time and then snapped it off the tee, and it was just a disaster after that. It absolutely was. Uh, speaking of disasters, I don't want to say Cam Smith's putting right now. This is arguably the best putter in the world. Again, Scotty Scheffler with a, with a pretty good putt to get it closer, and then Cam came up short of Scotty Scheffler, and he now has another long par save here. He is four down, uh, and you got to start getting these par saves. He does. Mm-hmm. So a little pressure here, but Scotty a little bit closer here. You would think Scotty Scheffler is going to make par, Cam Smith's got to be thinking, all right, if this is UFC, right, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm in there in the octagon, I was hitting you with haymakers early, and you didn't go out, and right. you came back and started swinging back. Right. Scotty Sheffer has righted the ship, and right now he's punching back at Cam Smith in a match play yeah. scenario. Four-shot lead's looking pretty good. The approach game is really what has abandoned Cameron Smith, the iron so far, which has been so good throughout Man. the tournament, I believe. uh uh, and now he ranks second in approach, but he is ranked first in approach all week because he's lost about three quarters of a stroke already today with his irons. You know, the putter can only save you so much. You got to keep those irons sharp. And Cameron Smith just has not been as sharp on those irons. Scotty Scheffler, by the way, another Solid. par. So we're now through six holes, four shot lead. Scotty Scheffler minus three fifty. Cameron Smith four dollars. Rory McIlroy at sixteen to one. If you want to go without the Scotty Scheffler market. Cam Smith down to minus 145, and I believe Rory, that price just keeps getting cut, plus 350, 7-2. Oh, 7-2. Uh, you know, again, with every passing par, that's great for Scotty Scheffler. Just buys time. That's it. Absolutely. Now, you know, earlier in the program, it looked like, boy, these guys are going to come from the back of the pack, maybe like we're talking about with Rory or Justin Thomas. Scotty Scheffler knows. They are very abreast of the situation as we are mm-hmm. as to what the number is going to be needed to be made. So he's not going to take an unnecessary chance if he doesn't have to. As a Justin Thomas, by the way, almost chips in. Yeah, he's that a- was for a four. I think okay. this is going to be now for a five, this short par, because uh, he was wayward off the tee. So, look, Justin Thomas uh, now uh, fifth. Uh, still kind of trying to find that Augusta form because I think he was fourth a couple years Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, you know, watch Creighton. 
they fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Ago, but he's always kind of gradually improved a little bit. But sometimes it takes guys. Some guys take to it immediately like a Cameron Smith he is taken to Augusta National immediately Mm -hmm. some guys it takes certain players a few years so you're seeing that a little bit with Colin Morikawa you're seeing that with Justin Thomas where it's like you think it's gonna happen eventually but that's the beauty and the brutality of golf at the same time you never really know absolutely you gotta you gotta cash in those chances when you get the opportunity I will say like Tiger is known for wearing his Tiger red Mm -hmm. Justin Thomas if he can get to a TV screen people I don't know if he's going to keep doing this, but the blue and yellow, mm-hmm. I, he looks like he's a walking Swedish symbol. Like if you right. were doing like a, a, you know, a, what is the mayor and a welcoming committee? Mm-hmm. I, it's a good look, but it is, it, it definitely gets your attention. I, whatever JT's going well, for. Well, yesterday I said about Tony Finau's look when he was wearing kind of that orange slash brown sweater yeah, and the that? pink hat. I was like, he looks like a Cleveland Browns position coach <laughs> on uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month for the NFL. That's exactly what he looked like yesterday, uh, uh, Tony the Tiger. Tony Finau, where he be now. And that's exactly right. And again, we're waiting for Tony Finau to get some magic here. We always thought he might be a guy that could be a, wearing a green jacket one day. It's not going to happen this week. When we come back, we are going to have Drew Stoltz join us uh, from Golf Channel. It's going to be great to have Drew, uh, excuse me, from uh, Sirius XM Radio. Listen to him, PGA Tour. Does a great job. Come on back. Talking Augusta next. Right here, Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. It is always a pleasure to talk golf. 
And then, of course, when you get Augusta, and then you get a Sunday at Augusta, we haven't even got to the back nine yet. It gets exciting. Uh, Drew Stoltz does an amazing job. Sirius XM PGA Tour radio host. Uh, it's great to have Drew joining us right now from Augusta National. And I just want to start there, Drew. I mean, we've been through a lot as a country, as a nation, as a world over the last 10 years. To be at Augusta with the patrons back, with Tiger Woods back, what's this four days been like? Unbelievable! I tell you that, like you, you kind of forget what Augusta was like before. Cause we we're just happy to have Masters going back to 2020 with Dustin Johnson winning, and then last year with the limited fans, and then this year to get it all back. And on top of that, to have Tiger on the grounds. I mean, I walked out uh, after our show on Monday afternoon, went to the merch tent, of course, had to you know spend my mortgage on down there, like any respectable patron would do. And we walked out, and we we're headed straight towards the first fairway. And I'm not kidding you, it was six, eight deep, up to 200 yards off the tee. And I turned around and said to Colt Nose, I was like, uh, this better be Tiger or else we're in deep trouble. And we walked out and it was Tiger, Freddie, and JT. And I mean, I'm telling you, we immediately headed to the back nine because the whole mob was going to be around the front. And it was just, you forgot what tournament golf was like with Tiger Woods until this week, and it's a different animal. Two beautiful approaches, by the way. They're on seven, a gap wedge from Scheffler. And then we were waiting for Cameron Smith to kind of show on approach like he's been showing all week, except for the first few holes a day. Two birdie opportunities for them. Uh, but uh, Cameron Smith, uh, four behind right now. So, Drew, we're going to be through seven holes. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be still a four-shot lead for Scotty Scheffler. I know Smith is running out of holes. Do you think that Scotty is going to get this home? It seemed like he took that punch early mm -hmm. where Cameron Smith made two birdies on the first two and got it to within one and that chip, that pitch in on for Scotty Scheffler. It's like whenever he has a deficiency, he's always able to make it up in some aspect of his game. Gosh, I tell you what, man, if you're a fan of drama, those first two holes came out and it looked like, all right, here we go. We got a golf tournament and then three, Scotty comes up short. I was, 100% convinced Cam Smith was just going to throw it anywhere on the green, put the pressure back on Scotty, force him to, you know, make a tough up and down. At worst, you go into the fourth one back, maybe you're all square, but potentially it could have been one up with a birdie bogey the other way. And then Scotty Sheffer with that pitch, his short game doesn't get enough credit. It's been phenomenal all week, but for that ball to go in the hole, there's a little element of luck, especially at the pace that it went in at, and it's just it was one of those moments where you feel like those are the kind of things that have to happen for guys to close out their first major championship. You need a good break. You need a good bounce. You need a lip in here or there. And for Cam Smith to get up there and, and end up losing two shots on that hole as opposed to potentially gaining one, you just kind of got the feeling this feels like a Scotty Sheffer week. Now, there's still a lot that, that can happen. We've been putting the green jacket on guys before, heading into the second nine. Jordan Spieth comes to mind when he had that big lead. And it doesn't always pan out, but it just felt like that was the flip. Like, he took those punches, like you said, and then he just delivered an uppercut to the chin there. And there's a lot of golf left, but it feels like a Scotty Sheffer Sunday to me. Talking with Drew Stoll, Sirius XM PGA Tour radio host. And, Drew, you mentioned the back nine at Augusta, and that's the old adage, right, that it really doesn't start until the back nine at Augusta National. If you have this four-shot lead hypothetically here as they're playing the seventh right now and you're Scotty Scheffler, do you play it differently because you have the lead? Or you say, you know what, I got to put the foot down because – Cam Smith can make an eagle, can make a birdie, who knows? Or do you play it a little bit more conservatively and just try to manage your way around the back nine? I think there's a little bit of both. There's some could be some reaction to Cam Smith. If Cam Smith comes out and birdies nine, birdies ten, all of a sudden things are a little bit different. But assuming he 
He takes a four shot lead in the back nine. I don't expect him to pull off of like gloves off the tee that he's been hitting, but I think you might see some more conservative lines into the green, hit it in the fat of the green, two putt. Just make somebody do something heroic to come and get you. Don't be the one, don't be the guy that, you know, brings other people back into play, that gives Cam Smith some life when it's not there. You just want to suffocate guys, and like we've said before, it is easier said than done, especially at this golf course on that second nine where anything can happen. There's a couple key shots he's got to get through, 10 and 11, brutally hard stretch. He can navigate those and then just aim his center of the green right over the bunker on 12, take your three, and move on from there and then kind of reassess. So I don't expect Scotty to – take his foot off the pedal too much, but I do think you might see him take some more conservative lines into some of these greens on the back nine if this four-stroke lead holds up. Drew, the low man on the course here on Sunday is one Rory McIlroy, <laughs> 500 through 11 holes, and that's kind of the pattern of Rory over the last few years in majors. Gets off to that bad yeah. start, has the bad round immediately, and then every time it feels like you're out on Rory, he kind of sucks you back in as both Scheffler and Smith now make birdie here on number seven, 11 under for Scheffler, seven under for Smith. But Rory McIlroy now T3 at four under par, what do you think has been missing with Rory's game? Or is it just kind of vary almost from tournament to tournament? Because it seems like the DeChambeau distance and bombing off the tee has seemingly gotten his head a little bit. Yeah, and that was shocking to me that Rory, of all people, would be the one to react to that and start to chase distance. Because if you went around the tour and took a poll and said, who's the best driver of the golf ball, total driving on the PJ Tour, Rory's going to be in the top two or three on every single person's list. So the fact that he looked at distance with what Bryson was doing and thought, I need to do that. Like, if he would have spent the same amount of time, not that he doesn't work on his wedges, but that same attention, that same emphasis on his wedge game and his putting, like, those are the two things that really hold him back. Off the tee, there's not many guys telling Rory, I wouldn't think, hey, Rory, you got to get longer and straighter off the tee. It's about as good as it gets. So I'm honestly shocked that someone in his camp didn't have the balls to come to him and be like, hey, dude, I appreciate you trying to get stronger, get faster, but, like, this isn't probably where we need to be focusing right now. I'd be like telling Shaq, like, hey, dude, you got to work on your dunk. You're not dunking it hard enough. Forget about the free throws. You know what I mean? Like, he's pretty damn good at it. There might be one guy doing it a little bit better, but that ain't the area that he's got to tighten up. And like you said, we're going to get through another uh, Augusta here. We're going to get through another Masters. And Rory, we're going to look back in, like, two years and be like, oh, Rory finished third. He was right there. But it's like he has all these top ten finishes, but he's never really in the mix. He has a really hard time getting out the gate, particularly on Thursday, sometime on Friday. He makes his way to the weekend, and then we typically see the Rory that we expect to see for all four days. So it's just it's kind of a it's kind of becoming a habit at this point. You just hang around, hang around, never really in the mix. Post up low on Sunday, and bam, he's got a top five. Drew, I got to ask you about two golfers that did not make the cut this weekend, and kind of when you look and foresee what you might see this year and for years to come, and that would be Brooks Kepka and Jordan Spieth both missing the cut. I'm obviously more shocked by Brooks Kepka missing the cut than Jordan Spieth, but Jordan Spieth had never missed it. This was his tournament, right? This is Augusta. We see Danny Willits and Charles Schwartzels come back and return to, to former form, and yet he can't even make the cut. Which one surprised you more out of those two? Yeah, I would go with Brooks, too, and I think both of those guys, particularly Jordan at Augusta, you kind of just throw out recent form. If he's won two tournaments coming in, you're like, boom, I expect Jordan to play well at Augusta. If he's, if he's missed the cut in the previous two, I was like, still, I expect Jordan Speed to play well. He's got five top fives and eight starts around the place. There's just something about pulling down Magnolia Lane. 
they get their juices going. And on the same side of that, you got Brooks Kepka, who just seems to be able somehow, some way, to turn it on for major championships more than any other person I've ever seen before. But Brooks actually had some reason to, you know, believe this week with his recent play. And he's a guy that I kind of throw that out the window leading up to a major championship because he's been so good historically. But this week specifically, with some decent golf, you know, he had a third place at the Phoenix Open where he was trying to defend and all that. I was really bullish on Brooks. He was my pick. He was my pick for the week, and uh, now I look like an idiot. And it's the first time he hasn't finished in the top ten. It feels like in four years in a major, and just just so happens to be the one that I picked him in. So both of those guys are surprising, but more so for Brooks, just because he was healthy this year, coming in, he'd been playing some good golf, and he just seems to show up every single time the majors come around. He was my pick too. So you, I feel like an idiot too, too, Drew. I, I can't believe he didn't make. Well, the don't dismiss him for Southern Hills now. I. Think think he's going to be right in the mix okay. and I hope that price drifts up I want to get in on him for the PGA and uh, speaking of other majors Drew and we got about 30 seconds left to go here Tiger Woods did commit after the round today he mm-hmm. is going to be at the Open Championship at St. Andrews where he won all those years ago do you think that that's the next time we see Tiger play competitive golf or do you anticipate maybe one of the two majors here in the summer before the Open I, I would hope that we see him at the PGA. He's got a nice little track record around there. Again, not the easiest walk. St. Andrews would probably be the easiest for him physically. I know he'll be there. We all expect him to be there. I tend to think he shows up for all the majors this year, and that's all we see of him. Uh, Drew, really appreciate it, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday at Augusta National. I listen to Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio all the time. You guys do great work. And give a shout-out to my guy, Carl Paulson, out there. Keep him in check, okay? Than done, but I will relay the message. <laughs> Appreciate you boys having me on, and uh, buckle up for this back nine. Here we go. Here we go. This yep. is the back nine at Augusta. Can't wait to see it. There he is, Drew Soltz. Does a great job at Sirius XM. When we come back, we will talk a little NBA as well. Look ahead to the playoff picture and update Augusta National. Right now, it is all Scotty Sheffler. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas. We're going to have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, of course, a former NFL GM, is going to give his draft analysis. Our recent host, Mike Pritchard, who is a first-round pick, and Sean King, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, going to give you insight that you can literally bet on. And then the legend himself, voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, is going to give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VEASAN. Throughout the NFL Draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash spring. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. They are playing the eighth hole. It is par five. Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith both birdied the par four seventh. So Cam hit the bunker in the fairway, Mm -hmm. had a pitch out. He's going to have a long approach here on his third. Scotty just right of the green, but pretty good chipping opportunity on eight. So advantage Scheffler here as they play this par five. Yeah, Scheffler minus $6 at BetMGM. Cameron Smith plus $5 and then down to Rory at 66 to 1. So looks like a two-guy tournament that I believe it was 26 of the last 31 Masters. The winner has come from the final pairing. That looks like that is more than likely to happen. If you want to bet without Scotty Scheffler, there is a market at BetMGM. Cameron Smith still with a three-shot spread over McElroy and Sunjay M. Minus 350, Rory plus 550, Sunjay M. $6. But 
Cameron Smith's got to get a very tight approach here because you do not want to make par here at the eighth hole when you're chasing a leader and you're four shots back. No, and I'm looking at the club selection here for Cam Smith. He must be way back because that looks like a long iron, if not a driving iron of some sort here. And he has hooked it deep into the gallery. Yeah. Now, there is a little backstop there that's going to stop He's it. He's going to have to get a scramble oh. to get up and down for five. And he so, short-sided uh, himself. That is, switches oh. the price, of course, now. Scotty Scheffler now minus 1,000. Cam Smith 7-1 to one wow. as he's looking probably at best a par unless he kind of makes a miraculous shot here. So, Cam Smith in the without Scheffler market minus 250. Rory plus four dollars, Soon JM plus five dollars, JT plus fourteen to one. And then I look up, uh, you know, because I've got a small ticket on Cam Smith, and thought that was live. Yeah, had my Mets. They are up two one in the eighth. They're now down four two in the ninth. You're just getting getting screwed all the way around this afternoon. That's betting, brother. Mama said there will be <laughs> days like this. So let's see if I, if I can get a miracle comeback from my Metropolitans because I'm not banking on Cam Smith after that. But what surprised me about the the club selection? That's why I noted it. Mm -hmm. It's like you could take yourself right out of this mix here. I know you're trying to do something heroic because Scotty Shepard's got a short pitch over a little mound here. He should be not going to make worse than par. I wouldn't right, believe right. more than likely he's going to good opportunity at birdie, but you can kind of erase yourself. And this is what we talked yeah. about with Drew Stoltz. And all of a sudden course management for Scotty Shepard is going to get a lot easier if this lead continues to grow. Yeah. Par par. He'll take a par here. No, Scotty no Scheffler uh, to try to get, he wants to see if he can get up and down for birdie not and not the best. He will have a look at least. And look, Scotty Scheffler has been one of the better putters in the field all week long for SGP strokes gain putting. So, but he'll take a par knowing that uh, his playing companion, that's the best, uh, that's he the best he's going to do. Absolutely. So we'll keep a watchful eye there. This is the last day of the regular season in the NBA. We did want to kind of look ahead here and we know it's kind of set in the West, but it's not exactly set yet in the East and which one just at, at, at kind of carte blanche, you just take a look in the big overview, mm -hmm. which conference intrigues you more as we get into the second season, probably the East and the fact that look, we still have some seeds to be decided. All the playoff spots are determined in the East, but we've already had four games tip off here. I believe uh, an hour ago. So get you updated on scores. Brooklyn 56, 45 Pacers, of course, not in the playoffs. Uh, they're 25 to 56. Brooklyn, though, I believe right now I see them in the seven spot, so they are winning, as are the Cleveland Cavaliers, 76-46 uh, over Milwaukee. Milwaukee basically just rested everybody, so this would drop them to 51-31. and 31. That would be uh, second place right now. And you also have Boston, who is going to play later tonight at Memphis. They are currently at 50-31, and, and 31. so... There's going to be some maneuvering here for some of these seeds. Uh, Philadelphia, I know that they cannot pass the Milwaukee Bucks, but they can pass Boston. If Boston loses at Memphis, it looks like Memphis resting, though, because Boston up to a seven-point favorite on the road. Philadelphia will have Detroit tonight to close out their regular season. So still some maneuvering. I don't know if all these teams, I mean, Milwaukee, Giannis came out and said, we don't care who we play. We're not trying to avoid or duck anybody. <laughs> Doesn't sound no, like they do care. Yeah. Nevertheless, they, they did not uh, go full force at Cleveland. They are down 76, 46. This is by the way, Whoa. still in the second quarter. So still in the first half, 76 points for Cleveland. Cleveland right now, I believe is in the eight spot, 43 and 38. So 
it looks like they are going to get Brooklyn in that 7-8 spot, whatever the seed is going to be. This will obviously determine who's going to have home court for that game. I believe it'll be Brooklyn if the results hold. So, look, you lose that 7-8. You do get a second chance, though, against the 9 and the 10. And right now the 10 seed currently in action. That's the Charlotte Hornets, 54-53 to over Washington. And another game that's just gone halftime, Atlanta, 73-59 to over Houston. Right now Atlanta in the 9 spot. Charlotte in the 10 spot. So if those results hold, Atlanta is going to be hosting Charlotte. Uh, and we're going to talk with Simon Gersberg here coming up in, in just a short minute here and talk much more about the NBA and the playoff picture here. But I am curious when I see that the Bucks are still the betting favorite, and I understand why the Bucks should be the betting favorite to come out of the East. What really surprises me is that the second favorite there is Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And then the fifth favorite is Miami. Mm-hmm. Now, I get it that maybe we still don't take the, the heat seriously here. Oh, or the fourth betting favorite here at BetMGM with the Sixers at plus $6. Uh, are we missing something, or is this priced accordingly in your estimation that Brooklyn should be the second favorite to come out of the Look, East? I'm not necessarily totally in on the Brooklyn Nets. I have not been all year. Even when they had what was the big three at the time with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Now, of course, the big two. We've been seeing, I think, Shams uh, Charania mm-hmm. did tweet out, Maybe Ben Simmons for the playoffs, but you know what? I'm going to believe that when I see it. So I'm not even going to account for that. My one pony, I did bet the Celtics at 20 to one a couple months ago to win the Eastern Conference. They're now down to nine to two or about five to one. So I'm going to uh, go ahead and ride with that. But just to kind of explain the uh, scenarios here, the Bucks are likely not going to win today. Right, because they are down by 30 at the half. I don't see them coming back pretty much resting, guys. So if they would have won, they'd have been the two seed. If the Bucks lose and the Celtics win, the two teams tie. So let me explain the tiebreakers here. The head-to-head record between Milwaukee and Boston, 2-2. Two and two. Conference record, 33-19 and 19 for both teams. So they would finish tied in that regard. So now the next tiebreaker is against conference playoff teams. And under those conditions... Celtics 20 and 13 bucks, 17 and 15. So the Celtics would get the tiebreaker and they would get the two seed and the bucks would get the three to face the bulls. And maybe they were trying to say, okay, we'll take Chicago. They kind of, you know, I don't want to say melted down, but certainly came back a little bit to earth late in the season. So, you know, that changes your path a little bit. You wouldn't get a potential Brooklyn matchup till the second round. That would more than likely be the Boston Celtics. So uh, you have those scenarios. The Sixers cannot be the two. They can only be the three or the four because the Bucks have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But the Sixers do get the Pistons tonight. They can pass the Celtics. If Boston loses in Memphis, the, and the Sixers win over Detroit. Sixers get the three seed, regardless of what happens with Milwaukee, and then the Celtics will be the four, and they'll get all of a sudden a resurging Toronto team in mm. the 4-5 matchup. A very quickly update that uh, eighth hole, the par five at Augusta National. Uh, Scotty Scheffler missed his birdie putt, tapped in for par. Cam Smith did get up and down, so he uh, salvages a par there to, to kind of have that hole, if you will, in a match play scenario. This does now feel, Rory McIlroy, by the way, is playing the par five 13th. He's at four under par. Barring Rory with mm-hmm. coming in with an eagle. Yeah, and, and, and you got two opportunities here because keep in mind, I believe Rory now, second shot on the 13th, 203. Uh, absolutely no retreat, no surrender at this scenario. If you're trying to win, you gotta go which I it. believe he is. So, look, if you make an eagle on 13 or 15, all of a sudden that at least changes the dynamic. And, and he's stuck Rory hits an absolute bullet. He wow. is going to have an eagle opportunity. This is going to be about 10 feet. 
So again, Rory McIlroy, if he sinks this eagle putt, he'll be one back of Cam yeah. Smith. And all of a sudden, there's leaderboards out there on the ground. Go, oh, and all of a sudden, Rory, you're looking Rory. up there, and you see Rory, three, because that's how they do the leaderboard based on how many under you are. Three, 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 four, six. It's like, oh, okay, here, uh, you know, we don't want to give any away coming in. So uh, Rory McIlroy going to have a shot for Eagle. And then all of a sudden, that market without Scotty Scheffler gets a little bit closer. Cam Smith minus two and a quarter. Rory McIlroy, two to one. Uh, Scotty Scheffler has piped his drive on nine, difficult ninth hole here. Uh, not making that look very difficult with a very nice drive there. Let's see if it stays in the fairway. You know, I, I, you, you start to hear that it's the name. It's Rory McIlroy, right? Trying mm -hmm. to win that green jacket. And, you know, you can go back to uh, legendary golf writer Dan Jenkins, God rest his soul. He wrote about Arnold Palmer when he made a miraculous comeback years ago to win a major. And they say, when you're on the grounds, like, to your point, they go, Arnie did what? Oh, come on. Like, that's mm -hmm. not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, because it's Arnie, right. you start to pay attention. No disrespect to if it's Sung J.M. or if it's Charles Schwartz. It's Rory McIlroy. Yeah. If he makes this eagle putt. All of a sudden, he's going to be uh, five back in the league. And these guys are going to have uh, the, the rabbit ears where they're going to hear the whispers and the buzzing from the gallery. Ooh. So a uh, lot to be determined here, even though Scotty Scheffler with a four-shot lead now through eight holes. Not done yet. When we come back, Simon Gersberg is going to join us from Shot Quality, talk more NBA. Come on back, Betting Across America, right here on Visa the Sports Betting MGM welcomes you with a special offer on the tournament in Augusta. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any golfer to win. If any golfer makes a birdie during this tournament, which is almost getting to the back nine, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VCN200 when you make your very first wager and enjoy golf like never before and find out why nothing beats a win at BetMGM. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VCN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets. If any golfer makes a birdie during the entire tournament here at Augusta. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now with job or free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And before we talk NBA, got to update Augusta National. I mentioned they're not to the turn yet, mm -hmm. not the leaders. But somebody's made the turn and is making some noise in the back nine of Augusta. Yeah, we said uh, somebody's going to go low today. Mm -hmm. Now, how low, we didn't know who it was going to be. But right now, it is Rory McIlroy, who uh, is uh, 20 to 1 right now. It What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying, Cal's a bust, he can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. It's like it is a three-horse race. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, by the way, 11 under par. Scotty Scheffler still minus $6. Cam Smith at plus $5. He is at seven under, but Rory McIlroy, a bullet on the par five 13th. He makes that eagle mm. seven under on his round six overall overall for the uh, Masters tournament. So uh, Rory McIlroy has a chance to maybe post and put a little pressure on these guys. Uh, Scotty Scheffler just stuck his approach on nine. And then Scotty Scheffler says pressure. <laughs> what pressure? So he's going to have another short birdie putt there to keep increasing his lead. We'll get back to Augusta. In a minute, but we love having Simon Gersberg join us here, uh, the founder of Shot Quality. Follow him on Twitter at Shot Quality. Bet Simon, welcome back to the program as we wrap up the NBA regular season here. And Wes and I did want to kind of go a little bit macro with you here because you did a great job at the All Star break of kind of saying, hey, these are some teams you might want to fade for regression and some other teams for progression in the second half. You nailed those. What about in the postseason? Let's start in the Western Conference. Are there any teams there that you think might be? in for a short postseason in the second season? Ooh, short postseason. I think the team in the West that I think has really tailed off and scares me a little bit, I think probably overvalued is the Warriors, just because of the fact, obviously, if Curry comes back, I could look like an idiot if he's playing <laughs> top tier. But um, right now, they're 10th um, in the entire NBA in terms of like overall adjusted shot quality, offense minus defense. Uh, and they just like have not been playing great. Um, five, one, five of the last five, and the third seed in the West. So I think they are dangerous, uh, overvalued maybe. And there they are right now, the second betting favorite out west at plus four fifty behind the Suns, obviously as the clear cut favorite. So I can understand that, and it does mm-hmm. really depend on whether or not Steph Curry is healthy or not. Yeah, yeah. and and I want to stick it. I want to stick it in the West here because looking at shot quality in terms of a lot of the metrics. Shot quality, if you look at what the record should be, 62-19 and 19 by the basis of the SQ data, but only 48-33, and 33, and that's the Utah Jazz, Ooh. who are 3-7 and seven over their last 10. They've been really the decliner of late, but I know, Simon, that your numbers like these guys. Uh, right now, I believe Utah, the fifth seed, if they go ahead and win their game tonight, they will stay as the fifth seed, and Denver will be the... Uh, six and I think Golden State if they win they're going to stay the three and that'll knock Dallas down to the four so a Dallas Utah first round series Simon oh. uh, a very interesting series and your numbers like both of these teams I believe uh, they are one two in adjusted shot quality <laughs> at your data yes an interesting note on the Jazz I just looked this up in their last 10 games the Jazz are three and seven like you said based off the quality of possessions for both teams they're nine and one they're like the ultimate, like undervalued team. Like everybody's just crapping on them right now, but uh, they're good. They're good. And and like, who knows a uh, short timeline before the playoffs, but I, I, I could definitely see some positive regression unless the, uh, 
the mental side of the playoffs of them is always a little dangerous, I will say. If we get a Utah 4-5 matchup where Dallas will be the four, so they'll have home court in the first round against Utah, and I mentioned 1-2 and adjusted shot quality, who do you like in that series? Uh, really, it seems like the only discernible difference, uh, Utah a little bit better on defensive shot quality, but the rim and three rate is really where I see the discrepancy between these two teams. Totally, totally, yeah. I mean, Luka takes a bunch of mid-range, um, and, um, yeah, the Jazz have, like, pretty much, like, perfect shot selection. Um what I will say about the Mavericks, like at the beginning of the season, they were by far our number one, like positive aggression team, the entire way. I think they've stayed at two or three, the entire season. So when they went on that crazy run and I think the conversely, the negative aggression team was, we've been so bad since the all-star break was the Cavs. Uh, they, they, we, we basically hated them all year and they're finally catching up with them now. It took a minute to get there, but they have started to regress as uh, we thought they would. And certainly you laid that out for us at the all-star break. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a Western Conference uh, question about the Denver Nuggets because I think we keep waiting for the health and maybe Joker's going to get the uh, MVP here back-to-back. But, Simon, what do you see for them in the postseason? Danger on the horizon with that 6-3 matchup? Or uh, do you think the help is on the way and maybe the shot quality says they could be okay? No, the site does not like them very much, actually. Um, In their last six games, they're 3-3. and Oh, no, they're 4-2. and Uh, and they're expected to basically be two and four. Like they're they're playing a little bit over their heads recently. Um, they turn the ball over a lot. They don't defend the well. The rim, great, great passing team. Uh, but yeah, a little overvalued uh, on the side. So uh, and Jamal's not coming back either, right? It doesn't look like it. So this might be the team yeah. that they have. They kept waiting for uh, for Porter to come back, for Murray to come back. This this could be the Nuggets that that you're stuck with. And to Simon's point, they have kind of gutted games out. That's how Jokic has been so good this year. But I wonder if they can keep that going in the postseason. Probably not according to shot quality. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, all these teams that Simon has in his ratings here, Utah, Dallas, Memphis, Golden State, rank ahead of them as well as well as Phoenix, right. obviously the uh, number one team in, in all of the NBA. But Simon, moving over to the Eastern Conference, and we still don't have seeds decided. I went through the scenarios in the last segment. I don't even remember <laughs> half of what I went over in the last segment. But we know Miami right now, number one in the Eastern Conference. That at least is settled. Milwaukee look like they're going to fall to defeat here. So Boston, if they beat Memphis, I believe, can pass uh, Milwaukee. So Depending on how the draw shakes out, where, uh, you know, Milwaukee can be two or three, Boston can be three or four, Philadelphia can be three or four, who is the team that you're targeting? Are you still on board with Boston? That's who I got on about a month and a half to two months ago at 20 to one to win the East. Do you think that they have enough to go ahead and make the finals out of the East? I do. I I think the Robert Williams injury is going to be huge just because their rim defense is great with him, obviously. Um, but then they can go small with Grant Williams, who's been shooting great this year. I think they're really good and a little slept on. The other team that I like a pretty good amount in the East is the Hawks. Um, mm. Right now, currently 42 and 39. Uh, but based off the quality of possession of both teams for the full season, they are uh, 49 and 32, which is a pretty significant difference, seven wins. Uh, and I think they'd be seeded, obviously, pretty significantly different from the playing game to probably like, I think they'd be the five seed over the Raptors currently. So. They might be a lot undervalued if they could escape the playing game. Well, Simon, very quickly, too, Wes mentioned that Miami's wrapped up that one seed. I feel like 
people just are not, at least in the betting market here, taking them seriously. What do you see when you look at them shot quality-wise? Are they headed for regression in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, their defense is so good, uh, but their offense is um, not great. And on the defensive side, the one negative regression candidate uh, is their defensive three-point percentage, which is pretty much what I talk about like every single time I come on. Uh, <laughs> their teams are shooting 34% against them from three. And based off the shots they've allowed, how open they've been, um, off the dribble, catch and shoot, who's taking it, teams are supposed to shoot 2% better, which is essentially the difference in nine wins in the season, which is why uh, we have uh, the Heat ranked way lower than, obviously, the number one season. Yeah, and uh, Miami very three-reliant as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they're going down, they could beat anybody, and that's why they're 53-28. and 28. Uh, Simon, I know we don't know the matchups yet in the East, and I got about 45 seconds here. Of what we think are going to be the top four in whatever order, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, are there one of those teams that you believe will can or will be upset in the first round? Um, yeah, I'd say Miami. I'd say Miami. That was a choice, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. They're on the board. Uh, yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Once he gets wiped out by, mm -hmm. uh, well, it's, it could be the Nets. So, like, yeah. that, that wouldn't be that crazy. Yeah. Right. And it could be the Hawks, too, because uh, Hawks yeah, are going to be. Hawks, in yeah, no question about it. And again, it's going to be uh, certainly. We'll see uh, how this is going to shake out in the East because those seeds are not set as of yet. But again, the Western Conference is ready to rock and roll. Uh, Simon, we really appreciate it each and every time you join us here again. He is the founder of Shot Quality. Follow him on Twitter at Shot Quality Bets. Enjoy the postseason, Simon. I'm sure we'll have you back on as we get closer and closer to crunch time. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. You bet. Uh, always great having Simon and his numbers. Uh, to join us here. When we come back, we will update what's going on at Augusta National because Cameron Smith, they are getting ready. I guess the Masters is about to start because mm -hmm. they've gone to the back nine at Augusta. Four-shot lead for Scotty Scheffler. Can he hold on? Cam Smith just missed the fairway at 10. That's not a good start for the Australian at all. Back right here, betting across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 